This is PhotoBizX, episode number 360, and today we're talking real estate photography with someone who has authored books on the subject, has a podcast on the topic, and is actually doing the work himself. I'm talking about Thomas Vargeletis, and that interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Should be a fun interview today, something different. We don't normally or regularly talk about real estate photography, but I know it's a huge genre and there's a good chance that if you are shooting weddings or portraits, it could possibly be an avenue worth exploring to supplement your income or potentially be a genre of its own that you might be looking at. Either way, I know there's going to be some great takeaways from what Thomas has to share in today's interview. So that's coming up shortly. As far as me and my week is concerned, it's been pretty heavily focused on the daily vlog challenge participants, creating challenges for them, giving them feedback, helping them grow and get better at their videos. I've also been recording a bunch of videos for myself for the PhotoBizX Facebook page that I'm ultimately going to be turning into ads. And because of this whole thing, I've been playing with the idea of re-recording, rebuilding the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course. So I've actually started that. (laughs) I started that last week. Wasn't happy with what I put together, so I've scrapped it. I'm starting again, and I'm pretty excited because what I'm planning to do, or what I will do, I'm going to commit to this. I'm actually going to be re-recording that course, simplifying it, making it easier to implement for you if you take part, and I'm going to do that by building or rebuilding my funnels with you as I go through the course. So there's going to be some theory involved. But at the same time, it's going to be a practical application. I'm going to build cold traffic ads. We're going to build up warm audiences and then serve retargeting ads to those warm audiences. So it should be fun. It won't only be theory. There's going to be a lot of practical involved. And I'm committing to getting that started and on track this week. So it becomes a a perfect pathway for anyone utilizing video to step straight into that and keep recording video, keep producing video and then turning those into ads. And ultimately, so you can build an evergreen funnel to consistently attract and draw in potential clients to your business. So that's the plan, and I'll keep you posted on how that goes. And now, a macro look at our last episode. In last week's episode, if you didn't catch it, I interviewed Cara Marie Trombetta. She is a super successful boudoir photographer or photographer of women. She's super creative, fantastic at business. She shared an absolute ton in her interview last week. She solely shoots black and white. She focuses on women and she produces the kind of images that they love to spend money on. She was an absolutely incredible guest to have on the show For the content that she shared, for the detail that she was happy to go into, she was my definition of a perfect guest because any question I threw at her, she was happy to answer and answer candidly. If you're running a portrait photography business or you want to get some great business ideas no matter what kind of business you're running or boudoir photography is your thing, get back and have a listen to that interview with Cara Marie because I know she will blow you away. 
You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we're about to jump into this interview with Thomas Vargeletis. The focus is real estate photography. And if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. That means you will miss out on a portion, a large portion of the second half of this interview. If you'd like to hear the full interview, it's super easy. You can do it for as little as $1 with a trial membership. It's a 30-day trial membership, which means you get access to the full interview today with Thomas. You can hear the full interview with Cara Marie last week. You can hear any interview from the back catalog. Plus, I'll send you an invite to join the premium members Facebook group, which is a huge part of the membership. To get access to all that, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try, sign up for $1, give the membership a go for 30 days, see if it's a good fit for you, see if you get results within 30 days, and you will if you just implement some of the things that you hear. And if you love what you're getting out of the membership, stay on because I'd love to have you a part of the community. photobizx.com forward slash try. If you never want to be short of a way on how to grow your business, how to get better, how to improve from week to week, to never wake up on a Monday morning without an idea of what to do next, that's what you get with your membership. It's like your very own photography business workshop delivered into your ears every week. No need to go anywhere. You can listen, you can learn while you're editing, while you're walking the dog, while you're working out at the gym, while you're driving to a job. If you can listen, you can be learning and improving your business as you do. photobizx.com forward slash try if you just want to check it out. It's $1. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a real estate photographer, and he started as a listing agent after earning his license to sell real estate. After some bad experiences with local photographers, he learned how to shoot for himself. And a few years later, other agents began hiring him to photograph their listings and Thomas Vargeletis Photography was born. Since then, he's released three books, all available on Amazon, on real estate, photography, and business. He also has his own podcast titled Full-Time Real Estate Photographer, where he covers real estate photography business information, best practices, and gear recommendations. I'm looking forward to learning more about the genre, and I'm wrapped to have Thomas with us now. Thomas, welcome, mate. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Mate, can you start by giving me and the listener a snapshot of your business now? Is it just you? Are you still shooting? Where's the income coming from? Of course. So the business as it is right now. No, it's not just me anymore. When I started in the beginning, yeah, it was just me doing literally everything. We'll talk about how I scaled it. But yeah, I built up a team and it's not a big team either. I have one full-time photographer and then I have some part-timers I'll call as needed. I have one full-time editor. I have another part-timer I'll call in, you know, during the summer months as we get busy. I have a full-time admin who handles a lot of my back-end stuff and customer service issues. And that's basically the core team. I mean, there's some other contractors that I'll send work to or, or call on an as-needed basis, but it's basically just the small core group of people. And we're doing a lot. We're doing, uh, you know, hundreds of photo shoots every month. And, you know, the business grows every single year. And we've been at it for a few years. But the first year we started, we broke through six figures in income. And we've grown every year since. Fantastic. That's awesome. So when you say you've got other photographers, you've got one full-time photographer, you've got others that you call in on, when the phone rings and someone wants to book a photographer, do you book yourself first? 
That is an excellent, excellent question. Let's talk about how actually I have people book photo shoots with me. But to answer that question, no, I book everyone else first. The reason why I, I even started hiring on people onto my team is just to leverage my time. You know, I could do maybe four or five photo shoots in a day if I'm shooting sun up to sun down on those long summer days. And, you know, I don't want to have to ever work that hard, honestly. Like <laughs> I could do it by myself, but it's like, and then you get home and the editing and customer service calls during the day. It's, it's a nightmare. And I was living that life for a while, for like a year or so before I, you know, actually had another photographer that I could call on. But no, yeah, I want everyone else to be busy because when my staff are busy, it means that I can do more important things. My philosophy when it comes to employees is that every single hour that one of my employees is working must be profiting me or profiting the business somehow. So, you know, I want to keep them as busy as possible. For sure. That makes sense. So who are your clients? Are they mom and dads buying and selling houses? Are they real estate agents? Who is your client? Our client is like 99.9%. It's all real estate agents. Maybe two or three times a year, a homeowner will call me and say, hey, I'm listing my house for sale. And I saw that you took the photos of my neighbor's house. They gave me your number. So that's extremely rare. It's almost always a real estate agent booking the photo shoot and paying. Got it. Okay. Talk me through the process. They get the listing and then do they offer to do the photography for free? But, you know, we can get Thomas in who's a professional who'll do a better job. Is that the way it sort of plays out between the agent and the homeowner? So the real estate photography industry is kind of, it's kind of strange. So, I mean, I'm getting these clients by usually doing um, in-person presentations I'll book time with a real estate office and I'll do a presentation to the business. And when they book an appointment with me, they're booking it online. Even when people call or email me, I say, hey, thanks for the phone call. Thanks for the note. I want to get this book for you right away. Here's the link where you can find the calendar. And then here's some tips on how to make sure you get you know the best experience booking online. So yeah, a lot of this stuff actually happens automatically. And it's a really great process to go through. So A realtor is going to order a photo shoot. They're like, okay. So they go onto my website, they book it into the calendar, they pay their booking fee. And then the photographer instantly gets a notification that, hey, there's a new appointment. My scheduling app puts the appointment into their calendar automatically. And I have it set. So I'm the lowest priority. So everyone gets booked before me. And then when we do our photo shoot, photographer takes it, sends it to the editor, edits it, editor sends it to the admin and the admin delivers everything to the agent. So it's a neat little system. And a lot of that is actually automated. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's step through that a little bit more slowly. First of all, why does the agent call you? You've made this presentation, you have a relationship with them or do they just Google you? How are these agents finding you? So this is one of the best things about real estate photography is that if you have a portfolio and you can prove that you can take decent quality images, Real estate agents are super, super easy to find. So if you're a photographer who's like, oh man, how do I find more clients? Real estate agents, you can get in front of the whole office full. And this is what I do. And this is what I talk about in my podcast as well, the full-time real estate photographer podcast. I also talk about it in the book. We can talk about the book later if we need to. But I kind of talk people through how to do this process. This is what I did. 
building a good portfolio and then booking a office presentation, standing in front of real estate agents and saying, Hey, this is me. This is my business. Here are my prices. Would anyone like to book a photo shoot? And if your presentation is good enough, which this is my experience is one or two people will at the end of the presentation. And, you know, of course I ask them, anybody have a listing coming up that'd like to book a presentation for and people will raise their hands and I'll get usually one or two new clients each time. So that's basically, that's it. So most real estate agents that know about me, it's not, they're not Googling me. They're not seeing an ad. They're not doing anything except one of these two situations where it's me presenting my business to them, or it's uh, one of their colleagues referred them to me because they had been to a presentation and started working with us. So it's, yeah, personal presentations and word of mouth. And that's it. Great. So to get those personal presentations, is it you calling a local agent saying, hey, I'm Tom, I'm a local photographer. You might've seen my work. Can I come in and do a presentation? Like, How do you sell the idea of a presentation to an agent? It's very much that, except it's, there's more to it. So a lot of real estate offices, and you know what? I probably should have done this sooner. So you're based in Australia, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm over here in the United States, in America. And in Australia, it's the same, right? You call real estate, real estate, right? Yes. Okay. So in other countries, so if you're in the international audience and you're thinking, what's real estate? We're talking about properties, houses for sale, specifically houses that are going for sale. Another thing here in the States, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but when we say architectural photography, we're talking about something different. We're talking about really high-end commercial yes. projects, things you'd see in magazines. Same. Yeah, okay. Excellent. All right. So that's that. <laughs> Where do we start on this tangent about how to book appointments with them? Yeah, getting these presentations, getting in yeah. front of the agent. Yeah, sometimes it's calling an agent directly. That for me is much too slow. I mean, it'll work. Most real estate agents you're going to find, not all of them, but most of them are going to be super social and friendly. Very easy to approach and have a conversation with. This is because real estate agents' entire livelihood is based off of having a very large social network. So they're going to be very social people. You know, They make their money off of having friends and friends of friends that have houses they need to sell, right? Approaching them is super easy. They also want to be approached. So real estate agents are very easy to contact. Their phone numbers all over the place on their social media pages, on their real estate website. They want people to call them because they want, you know, real estate deals. But for a photographer, if you've ever gotten the situation where you're thinking like, man, I just need more clients. Where are they? For real estate, they're everywhere and they're very easy to find. One-on-one -on -one is a great way to start. I usually look to see what offices in my area are actually like moving a lot of real estate and which ones have kind of larger groups of people, you know? So there's a bunch of different real estate brokerages in my town. Let's say that, that one of them is the you know, top brokerage in my town and they're doing the most real estate sales by far. So I'm going to look at their website and I'm going to try and go through like all the different pages and maybe even call and ask who is the office manager or the office administrator. Uh, many real estate offices, especially if they have a decent amount of business going through, will have an office manager. And that is the person or your point of contact for setting up a presentation. Because yeah, we could talk to agents one at a time, but I'd rather talk to 20 or 30 at a time and then almost you know, guarantee I get a couple new clients on the spot. And as I follow up with people later on, 
you get more and more. And real estate photography clients are super loyal as well. Like I have people that are going to be working with me for the rest of their careers and that will never, ever switch away. There's people that have even, you know, been solicited by other photographers who said, you know, I'll do the same work for cheaper. We'll give you more for less. We'll beat the other guy for all of his prices. It didn't matter. They're like, no, no, no. We like what we're getting here. So, But hang on, Tom. They must have changed somehow because before they started using you, they must have been using another photographer. Yes. Well, actually, it's not 100% accurate. There's some newer real estate agents that have never, you know, they're just starting out. They've never used another photographer. And there's some experienced agents that were, you know, maybe listing some properties, but mostly using their own phones. And then they decided to get into professional real estate photography. So yeah, I mean, but I think that's generally accurate. Most real estate agents are going to have used a photographer at some point. And even among them, other photographers have retired, moved away. There was one who was competing with me, not in this part, but a different part of the state where they started to have a family and started to kind of taper back their business a little bit. So even among other photographers, like the competition isn't that tough. And in the real estate agent's mind, as long as the photographer is good enough, they're happy. So with my business, we also incorporated other services in addition to just photography. So we're doing videos and virtual tours and floor plans and listing websites and social media stuff. We're doing a lot more to create a kind of one-stop shopping experience for the clients. And it's making it so I've created a system that it's like almost inconvenient for them to call someone else. Because if they call another photographer that just does photography, or maybe they do photos and floor plans, but they still want to do a video or they still want drone or they still want to do like 360 photos and little video clips for social media sharing. They still would have to call someone else. So we have a product that basically covers everybody's bases and it's resulted in a super loyal client base. Nice. So let's say you get onto the office manager or the admin person and they're happy to set up a time for you to come in and show what you do, do your presentation. Yeah, most of them are happy to set up. Okay, so let's say you get that go-ahead. Are you turning up with a projector and a screen? Or are you just taking a laptop? <laughs> How does this presentation work? Great question. You know, I actually go into this kind of at length in the podcast and in the book. I think I have a couple chapters on this with scripts and stuff on what to say, but I take a lot of stuff. So even if it's for a five-minute presentation, no matter what, I'm always showing up with a fully multimedia presentation, so I'm ready for everything. Yeah, I bring my laptop. I also bring a projector and, you know, all the little HDMI cables and dongles and things you need to get those things working to do, you know, basically a slideshow. I also make sure to bring an HDMI splitter and some other connectors in case I could just plug into a TV that might be hanging on the wall because some people will use projectors and some people, no projector, they have a TV. In other cases, either the internet wasn't working or the TV or the projector, like for those weird tech challenge days, I also have a big, thick stack of portfolio books that is not quite the same, but it's basically like my presentation in printed book, like magazine format. So if absolutely no technology is working, I hand those out and I'll leave one behind in the office afterwards because it's got like contact info and website and stuff in the back. So no matter what happens, I am doing my presentation and I'm showing everyone what I want them to see, whether the technology works or not. Right. And is it like a typical presentation with business people where, yeah, they want to see what you do and they can see that you do lovely work because you're only going to be showing your best. Are they kind of thinking, or are you getting the feeling they're saying, 
Tom, just show us the pricing. Yeah, sometimes I always save my prices to the very end. And if, you know, every now and then you get that one person in the group that's like, <laughs> well, yeah, but what does it cost? Well, yeah. Okay. Look, I'm, I'll tell you at the end. Just wait five seconds. I'm going to tell you, well, well, I'm going, well, how much does it cost? Well, how much does it cost? So for those people, I'll be like, yeah, this one thing you're talking about would cost this. But in different scenarios, we could actually get you a better deal. So I'm going to go through this all the way at the end, right? So that's usually how I handle stuff like that in the presentation. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of the presentation isn't, and I write about this in the book and I talk about this in the podcast, it's not just what you're showing people. It's also how you look, how you sound, the way that you deal with questions and interruptions, how you make people feel while you're talking. You know, the presentation very much has to be a presentation. It, it can't just be some super dry, bland, like, you know, reading out of the textbook. Like if you've ever had a bad teacher at school, it just kind of reads verbatim out of the textbook, makes you copy it all down word for word. Something super boring like that. You don't want to do that. No. You want to have something engaging. And I talk a lot about how to do that in the podcast too. Cool. So you, you go through your presentation and at the end you ask, you have a call to action. You, you're looking to close the deal. You're looking for people to sign up. What happens next? Let's say someone puts their hand up and say, yeah, Tom, I've got a new listing. I don't have a photographer. I'd love to work with you. What happens next? Right then, if someone raises their hand and said, yeah, I got a, a listing I might book a photo shoot for, I say, great, would you like to book it with me right now? And you know, if I have internet access, I'm pulling up the booking page in front of everyone. My presentation ends with pricing and booking. So usually the booking page, if I have a good internet connection, is already up. So I'll say, great. So I'll just click book now. Let's everybody see how you go through a photo shoot, how you go through booking this new appointment. Um, and then we'll take them through the steps. Usually what happens is once you get to the uh, enter booking information or enter your card, people aren't like reading off their credit card numbers across the room to me. I get to that point and I'm like, hey, you can come up here. I can bring you my laptops. You can type it in or you can follow these exact steps that I just did with me on your phone. And then all you need to do is type in your card or if your card is saved, you know, just fill it in and hit submit. And yeah, usually that's what we'll do. If I could get someone to book an appointment with me, like live on stage, that's a pretty powerful move. I always try to get people to do that because I find it's much easier to follow up with people afterwards. I can call them or text them and say, hey, this is Tom. I'm the photographer. Remember, we booked an appointment right in the middle of a presentation, you know, but if it doesn't happen, it's not a big deal. It usually does. Rarely, you know, people just look at, I'll say, hey, who's got a photo shoot that they want to book? And I'll just get blank stares. <laughs> You know, if when that happens, I basically do the same thing. I'm like, great. Well, if you did, if anyone had something, this is how you'd go to book your appointment. And if you have any questions, give me a call. Then there's a, a follow up that I do afterwards. I make sure to get everyone's contact info and I'm not going to spam them, but I am going to call, text and email them over the next few months to make sure they don't forget about me. Right. And that sequence of calls, emails, and texts, obviously the calls aren't automated, but are the emails automated or are you sending a personal email? It's kind of a bit of both. I use MailChimp, but I'm mostly using my email client for like mass notifications and sales and, you know, just to get people to book appointments. But when I'm following up with a new group of people I've never met before, I personalize it pretty heavily. So I use a CRM. I also talk about this, not in the book, but it is in the podcast. I use a CRM called Streak with my Gmail account. It's free and it has an awesome mass emailing feature with some tracking features on it as well. 
So if anyone opens it or reads it, I get a notification. So if there's a group of 20 people, I'll send a custom group message to those 20 people for the email. And out of that email, I can see who's actually opening and reading. Nice. And that's streak, that's S-T-R-E-A-K dot com. That, correct, correct. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a great CRM. If you're not super familiar with them, uh, CRM stands for something like customer relationship management software, something like that. It's for uh, tracking your contacts and for tracking any kind of data associated with them and using that information to you know, stay on top of making sure you're not letting people fall between the cracks. Like, let's give you an example. I'll use streak. I'll just bring up a list of every single person who I've contacted in the last 12 months, and then I'll flip the sort. So people who I've least recently contacted are on the top. And I'll go through the whole top until I get kind of, you know, something recent and I'll just send everybody like a, in that group, a, you know, Hey, we haven't seen you in a while. Kind of an email, right? Like, is everything okay? How are you doing? It's set follow-up reminders and take notes on people. CRMs are great and I have a whole podcast episode on it. So I'd check that out. But yeah, I'm using streak to send out group emails and people who are not opening them at all. I make a note of that. And then when I call them, I pull up my notes on the person and I'll say, Hey, I've sent you some emails didn't hear back from you. I was wondering if you saw them. And then usually they'll be like, oh yeah, I saw the email. I just never, you know, I just deleted <laughs> it or I don't care. Or some people will say, no, what are you talking about? Really? I'd be interested in seeing some information. And then, you know, either I'd have the wrong email address or sometimes from the office manager, I would get like a really big real estate brokerage in America would be like Coldwell Banker. They'll say, yeah, you know, I gave you the Coldwell Banker email, but they actually only use their personal Gmail for real estate. And then I'll say, okay, I'll just use your, your other thing. So, right. yeah, man, you know, following up with people like that and having like a personal approach or a personal bull approach, because like I said, retention is crazy high. Loyalty is crazy high. So, you know, putting in the extra couple of hours to get that one person to say, yeah, let's book a photo shoot with you. I'm basically done with that person. Like I don't have to continuously follow up with someone after they're a client because they are constantly interacting with us, right? They're booking photo shoots. They're talking to us. They're asking questions about their photos or they're getting their emails with their files, whatever. So current clients, like we're constantly communicating with them. It's just once, you know, before that point, I put a ton of time into my prospecting efforts. So love it. So the lifetime value of a client, once you've got one is fantastic. That's worth putting in the effort. Oh my God. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And so if you've never been in real estate in this sense, it's important to hold some information in your mind while you're thinking about this. It's, it's that some real estate agents are going to be super productive and then some are not. <laughs> now, you could compare this to any other industry, right? You know, high level sports, academia, you know, all kind of different aspects of life you look and you'll see that there's like a small group of people at the top and then there's everybody else, right? Yeah. Real estate agents are the same. So there's a small handful of agents who are super, super successful. And I mean like, you know, $500,000 a year in after tax take home income or more. There's people that are making millions of dollars in real estate commissions. Those are the people that I want to focus my time and attention on first. So what happens is that those really successful real estate agents, everyone else is seeing them and thinking, I want to be like them. I want to have that level of business and that level of income, right? I mean, who wouldn't? 
but they're thinking about it the wrong way. Instead of looking at the person's behavior, they're looking at like at their desk basically. And they're seeing, you know, what are they using? Who are they talking to? How are they doing it? They're like, okay, so they're using Tom's photography company. Okay. So I'm going to use his company too now. So by putting a ton of attention on more productive real estate agents that have a bigger business, they tend to be more difficult to flip because usually they have a photographer that they really have you know, a close relationship with. So it's, it's, you know, it's not 100% of the time I'm getting them. But once I flip those bigger agents in the office, I only really only need one. And then over the next few months, everyone else in that office is now going to start calling and hiring me. <laughs> um, so I live in Massachusetts. I'm assuming if you're born and raised in Australia, you're not going to know much more than just that name. Or maybe you know about Boston, right? Yes. On the seaport. Yes. Like, okay, so there's a couple big cities in the state. And one of them has a really, really productive real estate office. And I had always tried to book appointments with them, but they were like, no, 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 no. We're not interested. Like, people are calling us every day. Like, we're not. No. They're like, go somewhere else. Go down the street, this, you know, crappy brokerage that nobody wants to go to. So one day, one of my clients was friends with a really productive agent in that office, the office I couldn't get into. That client, that person calls me and became a client. And because of that one person through word of mouth, now every other agent in that office is working with me for uh, the real estate. So why is that, Tom? Why do people, once they see your work or what you do, why are they coming over to you and leaving their existing photographer? You know, something that's really important, I think, in any business is being able to build a relationship with the people that you're working with. I always try to keep my face on everything that we do, even though, you know, I have clients that I've never met before, ever. Like, I have the Apple Watch. Like, I'm getting notifications on my Apple Watch whenever, you know, a new invoice is paid or a new appointment is made. And I'm seeing new appointments and invoices being paid. And I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> But you get to that point by building a system and curating a customer experience that is consistent across the board for every single person, regardless of who they're talking to or interacting with. So someone who is going to have a photo shoot that's done, let's say, by me, I'm showing up, I'm doing all the work. Like I talked about before, it runs through my little machine. They get their photos at the end and they say, wow, this is great. Good job. And then someone gets a photo shoot done by, let's say, someone else, goes through the same process, and then they get the exact same quality and level of work as if I had done it personally. And it wasn't easy to put a system together like that, but I feel like that's a really important thing that, that just keeps people coming back is something I've noticed among smaller real estate photography companies is that if you're a really talented photographer, it's not too difficult to get busy but it's exceptionally difficult to scale your business because a lot of photographers have this problem with like cloning themselves. They just can't do it. I mean, you probably couldn't today if you tried, but you know, hiring another photographer, the way that they talk to clients, the way that they show up and the quality of the photos and the compositional choices tend to be different enough to the point where people feel like they're kind of losing some value. You can also have a problem where, your business can run really well the way that you're doing it today. But if in two years, your volume of business has doubled, or let's say one thing has changed significantly, but you're still trying to deal with things the same old way, you're going to end up with a lot of tasks falling through the cracks and not getting done, or people you know, not really getting the customer service that they had 
become accustomed to, and then they kind of drift away and move on to other people. That's when I get poached. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, those, (laughs) unfortunately, those photographers hate me to death because from where they're sitting, I'm the one that's poaching all of their clients. (laughs) What's to stop one of your associate shooters, one of your other photographers poaching your work, starting up their own real estate photography business? (laughs) Andrew, great, great questions. How much time do you have? <laughs> well, first of all, do you have a contract in place with them? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, we do uh, subcontractor agreements. Right. Okay. So preventing an employee from stealing business. So I built this system the way that I have to specifically prevent that problem while I'm scaling it. And I came to this actually through studying literature in college. I have a bachelor's degree. It has nothing to do with photography or what I'm doing right now at all. But there was a point where I was studying politics and I was studying a lot of the writings of the young Karl Marx, the Marxist. And I'm not saying anything politically. I'm not adopting his philosophy or anything. I'm cherry picking one detail that really stuck with me was his focus on the idea of alienation. So how do you prevent an employee from stealing your business? Well, you alienate them from the business. If you look at, and I'm talking about the business side of the business. If you look at our our modern day society, and this is around the world, people will think about business, big business, and, you know, bigger companies as if they're like these mystical, magical creatures or government too. You know, you'll hear the proverbial they, they did this, they did that. You ask someone, you know, how does this all work? And they're like, they'll talk about conspiracy theories and they'll talk about the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. It's all a fixed system. That's just a symptom of ignorance of what's actually happening. And that's happening because laborers are alienated from their labor through, you know, our modern economy and education. I mean, I could talk about this for hours and hours, but to replicate that effect, like how can you have someone working in a company have no understanding of how the company works? So if they left, they could not replicate the results. I've done that here through uh, things like bureaucratic divisions of labor and systematizing and automating everything that I can with software and outsourcing things overseas. It's a little dense. I mean, usually I don't get like that far into it with people, but if you want, we can go there. No, but so it sounds to me, I mean, I have associate shooters in my business. And one of the things I've always done is if I hire someone to shoot, that's all they do. They don't learn the business, the marketing. Yes. They don't learn the sales side. They just shoot. And then I have admin staff who do everything except shoot. So neither one of them sees the full business or knows the full business. Yes, exactly. That is, without even knowing it, you've been practicing this concept of alienating the laborer from their labor. By dividing it up like that, giving people this little tiny chunk of the sales process, but not let them see anything else. Very few individuals I've found would actually, because you could do this, you could take that information, that one little liver of information and reverse engineer a lot of the business based off of that. Like my photographer could with his, you know, foundation in photography, potentially, you know, start a competing business. But by keeping him so far removed from it, it seems like it seems foreign. And then taking that risk, because it's going to be perceived as a risk, it's going to seem like an unknown, and it's going to be perceived as a risk. And to take that risk, you have to have a personality type that's going to make you prone to do that. So I just 
you know, and I'm hiring people, I'm thinking like, is this the kind of person that can learn this job and do a fantastic, fabulous job of it? Or does this seem like someone who's, you know, probably just going to take what he can get out of it and then just screw me over and then start a competing company. So yeah, I take the personality of whoever I'm looking at into account and yeah, I haven't had any problems with it. Yeah, we have contracts in place, but no, I've not had anybody leave me and compete against me. Nice, nice. Let me take you back to your presentation. Let's say uh, an agent says, yeah, Tom, I want to give you a go. I've got a listing. You talked about your booking page and it looks like you use Calendly. Yes, I do. And I go on there. I had a little bit of a play myself. So I can choose one of the packages and your pricing is on your website. I choose a package. I choose a date and a time. And then you said the photographer, whether that's you or you're one of your other shooters, mm-hmm. gets that notification. Is there any other than talk with the client beforehand or the photographer, you have everything you need from that booking? Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, if the client specifically wants to talk to me or my photographer with a question, then you know they can call or they can leave a note and we'll call them. That doesn't have to happen. The booking page and the little questionnaire you fill out when you book has all the information that we really need. So, and this is common. Someone will go online, they'll book an appointment, you know, no phone call, no text messages, no email, nothing. They just go to the site, they book their appointment on the day of the photo shoot, photographer shows up, does the photo shoot. And then, you know, day later they get their photos and invoice goes out, they pay the invoice. There doesn't have to really be verbal communication for the system to work. And often there's not much verbal communication from me, you know, just to run the little day-to-day stuff like that. Right. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Tom, you have been super generous, mate. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you have. Yes, it's been awesome. Andrew, great, great questions. I didn't actually get into the normal salesy stuff that I usually do when I'm on uh, somebody else's interview. (laughs) Well, so are we going to hear more of the salesy stuff on your podcast? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, because, well, I should just actually say this first. So my philosophy when it comes to business is that everyone should be in business. And if you read my book, you are a business, then you know, you'll see how much I actually believe that. But, you know, the episodes, it's it's not me trying to sell you something except, you know, trying to sell you on how to do a better job for your clients and how to get into business in the first place. So if you're a photographer that's not primarily in real estate or not in real estate at all or properties, you should really think about it. If you're busy on the weekends with weddings or portraits or whatever, and you want to add some cash to your bottom line, you could add a couple hundred dollars a week, a couple thousand dollars a week, maybe more. And you could do something like what I'm doing here. I talk about how you can do that in the podcast and it's free for everybody. So you can see how the episodes are labeled and the stuff that I talk about. I want to share information, not just to talk about it and say, Hey, I'm a real estate photographer. And how do you like that? But to really break down these important business concepts in a way that can let you say, okay, I've heard this. I know he's saying, and now I can go do that too. Or, you know, put your own little spin on it, make it personal to you. That's fine. Yeah, that's the goal. So yeah, listen to the podcast and see how, if you're not in real estate now, see how you can start making some real money doing real estate, or at least, you know, add a couple more hundred dollars every week to the bottom line, whatever makes sense for you. If you're a hobbyist, that's another thing too. How many people buy a camera just because they love photography, but it's just this hobby that costs them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. 
you can turn a hobby into a profitable business on the side. Like, you know, you can make money doing real estate photography part time. I talk about the system that you can do for that. Cause like I said, clients are super easy to find. They want real estate photographers. You can price it competitively in your market. That's really easy to do. Other people have, you know, very well demonstrated the best techniques or really good techniques to create high quality real estate images. So it's very accessible to anyone who has an interest in photography and is a no brainer, I think, for anyone who's actually trying to pursue it professionally. It's just such a great business. Yeah, I love it. And I think and that's a big reason why I, I was so keen to get you on the show, because as wedding and portrait photographers who the listener generally is, then uh, this is a great avenue to bring in some extra dollars. Whether you live in a small town or a big city, there is real estate photography out there for all of us if we want to pursue that that line of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want an extra couple of hundred or a couple of thousand dollars a week? That sounds nice. I know, I know. And <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't be too hard to figure out how to get a couple extra hundred dollars. But if you want to learn how to turn it to a couple extra thousand, listen to the podcast. You'll see, I create a system that doesn't need to rely on me. You know, I try to take myself out of the equation because as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you find that you as a person are able to do a lot more than maybe somebody else can. So like I couldn't just tell someone else, hey, run your business, start it and just do exactly what I'm doing. It's not really possible. You know, everyone has their own personal flair and their own level of ambition. And, you know, if you want to scale a business to the point where photo shoots are happening and, you know, you're not doing them and they're happening with people that you have no idea who these people are anymore because you're not interacting with every client like you used to. Just listen to the podcast and you'll see how I scaled it up. It's <laughs> it's not as hard. It's not as hard as you think. I mean, it's it's work. <laughs> not everyone really would want to do or be interested in doing this kind of work, but it's not impossible. Love it. Tom, thanks again, mate. I appreciate you coming on the show. Andrew, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Thomas as much as I did. Thomas, if you're listening, again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, sharing everything you did. It was great to hear from a real estate photographer, not only that, a successful one who was so happy to be open about the way you're doing things. For you, the listener, I hope you did get a ton from what Thomas had to share. Was there a takeaway? Was there something that he said that you think, yes, absolutely, I'm going to be doing that in my business? Or maybe maybe he even planted the seed of pursuing real estate photography. If what he shared impacted you, I'd love to hear about it. I know Thomas would as well. Let us know in the comments area of the show notes, and you can find them at photobizx.com forward slash 360. Now, the comments area are at the very bottom. They're there for you if you have a follow-up question for Thomas. Maybe there's something that I didn't ask that you wish that I did. You can post them in there. In addition to the comments area, you'll find links to anything and everything that Thomas talked about or I mentioned in that interview, including links to his books, his podcast, his website. It's all there in the show notes, plus examples of his real estate work as well. And for you, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Thomas into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to him there for follow-up questions. If you want to flesh out any ideas for yourself and your business, maybe you want to run something past him, maybe he's had experience in what you're considering hit him up inside the members Facebook group. It's shout out time. I've got three big shout outs for today's episode. And the first one goes to Daz Mac from the UK. He's a Northeast wedding photographer and he's been listening and a member for a long time. Daz says, this is such a great podcast. I've listened to Andrew for years. Well, the PhotoBizX podcast for years, not me personally. And 
It's at times like these when you can go back on that content and hear some of your favorite people talking that you realize we're all in the same boat. He goes on to say, now's the time to focus on business and the podcasts are really helping with that. Daz, thank you so much, mate, for taking the time to leave that review. It means a lot to me and thanks too for your support over the years. It's great to have you involved with the podcast and the membership for so long. The second big shout out goes to Hudson Valley family photographer, Christine Ashburn. She's based in the US. She says that she's been a PhotoBizX premium member for a couple of years and the PhotoBizX library is a thorough and diverse resource. She goes on to say, with every new step I take in my business, I turn to the PhotoBizX catalog first for specific research. And I also love listening in every week, especially when I'm editing. Christine, thanks to you for taking the time to leave that review. It is a massive help, and uh, yeah, I love having you part of the part of the community. And I'm looking forward to hearing about you coming through the current situation, hitting the ground running, and seeing business boom right afterwards. My third big shout out for today's episode goes to Lindsay Robertson. She's an Essex-based wedding photographer in the UK. She's been a long-time listener to PhotoBizX as well. She left a lovely review on the Facebook page for PhotoBizX. And she says, it took me a long time to become a premium member. I lurked in the shadows of the free members, listening for entertainment and not much else, all while wondering why my business wasn't taking off like others. I finally became a premium member in 2018, the best business decision I've made. She goes on to say, Andrew delivers amazing content, is so helpful and does it in a way that's easy for you to understand. He also asks the questions I'm thinking when I listen to the podcast and there's no fluff. Just great business and marketing advice. Lindsay goes on to say some other lovely things, but I love that she says, for the small investment of the premium membership, it's the best investment I've made for my business. I've gone on to do various courses by Andrew and I can't think of a single person better to learn from. That is absolutely lovely, Lindsay. I know we've been chatting a lot via Messenger. I've seen you go through the daily vlog challenge recently and implementing what you've been learning, running Facebook ads, and I can't wait to see your business grow over the coming years. So for each of those photographers, I've added links to your website. I've used the keyword phrases that you're looking to rank for. It's my little way to say thanks. So if you're listening and you are looking for backlinks, and haven't left a review for the PhotoBizX podcast, simply do that in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the PhotoBizX Facebook page, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Leave an honest review. Let me know that you have. Then get in touch to let me know the URL and the keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for. And I'll add a link to your website to help you with your SEO. It's my little way to say thanks for supporting me in the podcast. PhotoBiz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. Just a few quick announcements before we close out today's episode. If you haven't been to the show notes pages of the podcast recently, you may not know that I'm now adding transcripts after or with each interview. They usually take a day or so after the interview is released to be added to the show notes. So if you're a premium member, you have the full interview transcript there on your version of the show notes. If you listen to the free version of the podcast, you have your version of the, <laughs> the transcript of the, in, in the show notes as well, the shorter version. So if you prefer to read or take notes or copy and paste you know, things that you learn or that you want to take away and remember from each episode, you now have access to transcripts for every episode. So, sorry, I should be clear. That's for every episode going forward. So the last, I think, half a dozen episodes, we started it and we'll be continuing that into the future. So they're there for you whenever you want them. 
I've been talking quite a lot about the daily vlog challenge. That's currently running right now with a fantastic group of, I think it's 90 photographers going, or 90, 90 people. So mostly photographers, some other creative and entrepreneurs in the group as well. So when this current group finishes the daily vlog challenge, I'll reopen it again. At this stage, it'll be kicking off on the 1st of June, Monday, the 1st of June. So if you'd like to get involved in the next challenge, get on the wait list now. Head to dailyvlogchallenge.com, dailyvlogchallenge.com. Get on the wait list. I'll let you know as soon as registration's open and you can jump straight in on the next one and learn how to get comfortable being yourself on camera so you can utilize those videos in your advertising, in your marketing, in your email replies to clients, on your website, wherever you want to be using video but have been too afraid to, your social media profiles, anywhere you can think of, I'm going to help you get more comfortable being yourself and better at video. Dailyvlogchallenge.com if you'd like to get onto the wait list for that one. And finally, don't forget if you are a free listener interested in becoming a premium member, you've got the $1 trial, but there's also the special six-month membership that's available during the coronavirus pandemic. This is also available to you and highly recommended if you're on the $20 per month membership. You can jump in to the six-month membership for $60, plus I'll refund your last $20 payment. So you can get access for six months for $40 at the moment. Details about that are inside the show notes for today's episode or photobizx.com forward slash SMS. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the show. I hope you are staying safe, healthy and well. I'm hoping things are starting to relax where you live. I know they are slowly getting easier here in Australia. We're able to go and visit friends now, which was lovely. We went straight out to dinner with some friends where we went to their house for dinner on Friday night. We had a couple of great friends of ours pop over yesterday for a couple of beers on the balcony and some nibblies. And uh, yeah, it's been really nice to, to get a little bit social again. So I hope it's the same for you wherever you're living and listening from. But no matter the situation, I hope you are staying safe, healthy and well. Have a great week and I'll chat to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 